Texas Monthly. Hey there, I'm John Spong of Texas Monthly Magazine, and this is One by Willie, a podcast in which I talk each week to one notable Willie Nelson fan about one Willie song that they really love. This week, Lyle Lovett, a four-time Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, band leader, actor, and all-around good person, dissects Willie's first number one country hit as a songwriter, Hello Walls, which gets Lyle thinking about the solitary nature of songwriting, the big wet kiss that Willie gave Hello Walls singer Farron Young when the song hit, and that time Lyle recorded another Willie song with the Reverend Al Green. Let's go. Hello, Walls. If you were to meet somebody who had never heard Hello, Walls, and you didn't have a guitar with you to just play it for them, how would you describe Hello, Walls to them? What, what's the plot of Hello, Walls? I, you know, I would, I would say to someone, if you'd like to hear a perfect song, listen to Hello, Walls. The, the, the context, the imagery, he uncovers everything there is to write in that situation, and you just imagine that solitary soul, that lonely person in that room, uh, in every way possible. Hello, Walt. The, 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 it's 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 just perfectly written. How things go for you today? Don't you miss her? Since she up and walked away. So then the action in the song, what, what is the solitary soul doing? He, well, the solitary soul is, is, uh, is a songwriter. And, and, it, and, and as someone who tries to write songs, you appreciate the loneliness of that moment, trying to, to write something that holds together from beginning to end. The character in the song you know, is lamenting his lost love and, and feeling his, uh, his own being alone. So then you don't take it too literally, because of course that was the thing. When the song first appeared, a lot of people were like, wait, this guy is talking to the wall. He's talking to the ceiling. He's talking to the windows. This is weird. It was so, well, he's talking to himself. And, and, yeah. and, and uh, the song was so outside of what would, was at that time considered to be a, a conventional song that it was considered a comedic song. You know, musicians are notorious for making up joke lyrics to any song. And, and so the, yeah, the joke lyrics they made up to that were, you know, ran the gamut uh, of any household appliance. But, <laughs> but, but gosh, I mean, when I, when I think of so- songs that have been written since that seem to have been influenced by Hello Walls or given permission to exist because of Hello Walls, I think of Dean Dillon's The Chair. Yeah. I think of Sean Colvin's These Four Walls. It's just the perfect description of a person, you know, being alone in a room with his, uh, you know, own worst enemy, himself. The metaphors are so perfectly developed. I mean, the uh, Hello Window verse with the, uh, the teardrop. Well, look here, is that a teardrop in the corner of your pain? Now don't you try to tell me that it's rain. It's just so beautifully, beautifully done. Such a complete picture. 
when your friend, our friend Robert Keane, wrote about Willie's songwriting for the magazine in that essay recently, one of the things he pointed out is that in these early songs, and I guess through most Willie songs, there's oftentimes not even a chorus. Like, there's no chorus here. Usually, it's just a tagline or, or a refrain at the end of each verse, and this song doesn't even have that. Hello Walls is stated the first two words, and that's it. And it, yet, yet it draws you in and it holds your attention in, in that way that you, you just want to hear what that next line is, what the next word is. That was, the, the version we're listening to was off of his first record, the, the first Liberty album from 62. And then I wrote, but Fair, that was after Fair and Young had had the hit. You know, that Fair and Young vocal style, that, that style of singing that was so prevalent in country music in those days, that's the style of country music I grew up listening to, remember hearing. My parents used to love to dance, and and uh, there was a, a great old dance hall in Cypress, Texas, that everybody called Tin Hall. It was a Cypress Gun and Rifle Club, and Tin Hall is a corrugated building. It was, some people called it the Corrugated Palace, but most people called it Tin Hall. And and uh, they they always had live bands on the weekends, and people went there to dance. And, and kids were welcome, you know, and sat with their parents, and and it was still kind of a German-based farming area in those days. And, you know, the kids growing up in those German families would all get a sip or two off their dad or mom's beer uh, over the course of the evening. And so that, was, that made it extra exciting. You know? and, you, and every now and then some, some nice lady would come over and ask you to dance when you're a little boy, and that's always fun. Well, didn't have to just dance with your mom. <laughs> but I just remember, you know, I remember hearing those country shuffles and, uh, you know, hearing that style of singing. And, and so it's, yeah, to hear, to hear Willie Nelson, I mean, you still hear that it's Willie, but to sing in a more uh, traditional way, uh, and traditional to that, that time, uh, it's really interesting to hear, I think. And so that would have been Farron's hit, or would you, actually, would you have heard Farron's version or Willie's version or the local Czech man playing at the Corrugated Palace? Yeah, exactly. I would have, uh, I would have heard the Farron Young version because my parents have Farron Young records, and yeah, and, and the local version before I heard Willie's. Yeah. And what's the story about how Farron got the song from Willie? Well, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a famous story. I've seen told, you know, diff different ways, but there's a clip on YouTube where Farron Young and Willie are talking about it. And Farron Young is talking about how Willie uh, tried to sell him the song for $500. And Farron Young said, how about if I record the song and loan you $500 and you can pay me back when it's a hit? And and the punchline of that story is if a few weeks later when it was, when it was a hit and Willie had gotten a big royalty check, that he, he found Farron Young sitting in a bar. He came up and kissed him. The French kissed him on the mouth. And, and Farron Young says, we've been close ever since. <laughs> <laughs> or Willie said that. I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> but, but yeah, what it, I picked Hello Walls to talk about with you because of that story. Because it's one of those great music business stories that you don't hear too often. Where... One artist is looking out for another artist. And, you know, most shrewd businessmen would have said, sure, I'll give you $500 for that song. Right. But Farron Young knew it was worth more than that. And he did the right thing by Willie Nelson. Now, I've never met anybody in the world who's more concerned about doing, doing right by people than Willie Nelson. So 
I'm sure Willie was like that to begin with, which is probably what inspired Farron Young to say, no, I'm not going to buy the song. I'm going to just record it. Yeah. And I'll loan you the money. But but it, it's just a, a great example of how people can be good to one another if they just choose to be. Guess we'll have to learn to get along without her if we can. By the time I started uh, getting interested in learning songs and trying to play songs all the way through on my guitar, uh, Willie Nelson was, you know, in the pantheon of musical icons. He was already iconic by the time I started going out and listening to music. And when I was in high school, I mean, I thought of, I mean, I remember Phases and Stages. Phases and Stages is actually the first Willie Nelson album that I bought. Willie seemed to me to be, you know, a big a big star in in those days. Right. And then of course with with the with Redheaded Stranger and and uh, the phenomenal success of Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain and on the radio and and uh, uh, and then and then all of the the outlaw stuff that he did with with Waylon a really amazing success. So so I played Willie songs. Uh, when I was starting out playing in 1976, I'd play a Willie Nelson or Waylon Jennings song when I was going to play a hit. You know, <laughs> right. For, for, the, for the folks waiting for their tables in the restaurants who wanted to hear a song they were familiar with, I'd play a Willie and Waylon song. Okay. And uh, so they were my go-to pop heroes in those days. Yeah, around that era, that's you know, Willie's making appearances on the Midnight Special. And right, right if you're playing, you know... Not even the coffee houses yet, you know. Your the midnight special is not going to be the dream for you. Well, from exactly no, the midnight special is an unattainable. Not you don't even think about that. I would be would have been thrilled in 1976 to have played a, pl- a place where people came just to listen to music and not to, you know, have supper. <laughs> not ask you to sing more quietly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Can you sit us closer to the kitchen, please? <laughs> Tell me about Across the Borderline, which for fans who don't remember it, uh, is a Willie album that came out in the spring of 1993 and really is one of the greatest records he ever made. How did you come to have two songs on that album? You know, Don was produced Across the Border- Borderline, and Don, I'd done several kind of one-off projects with Don, who I really enjoyed working with. I did did a couple of songs for movies with Don and got to record for uh, an MCA album, uh, Country Rhythm and Blues or Rhythm, Country and Blues. You'll have to just pick whichever one of those is correct. <laughs> it was a record of duets. And Don was produced a, a duet that I got to be a part of with Al Green. Now, Al Green had recorded Willie's song, and it was a Willie Nelson song, Funny How Time Slips Away. And it was a very funky version, very unlike Willie's version of Funny How Time Slips Away. And that was the the, the version we based ours on. And, and so I got to sing, you know, got to trade lines with him, trade verses with Al Green, and sing some harmony with Al Green. We recorded live with the band. Wow. The band was... You know, Carlos Vega on drums, Hutch Hutchinson on bass, Billy Preston on keyboards. Wow. It's an incredible day. Yeah. And and um, I stood, you know, on the other side of a microphone across from Al Green. And the thought that kept <laughs> running through my mind was, he's Al Green and I'm not. <laughs> 
And so I, I just tried to stay out of his way and, and uh, kind of play a support role. It was a really, really fun day. And that, once again, that was, that was Willie Nelson yeah. who, who brought us together. Yeah. And so then Don goes to Don was goes to do this next Willie album, and that's the thing we've talked about this, and it'll probably come up in other episodes. But that was a pretty difficult time for Willie. You know, the IRS thing had dragged on forever, and family members well, were I, dying. Uh, the record I recorded uh, came out in 1992. Recorded in 1991, Joshua Judges Ruth. Mm-hmm. I, we rec- we recorded tracks at Ocean Way in Los Angeles. George Massenburg produced and. There were cartage cases at, at Ocean Way in Los Angeles that had Willie Nelson stenciled on them. Cartage cases, a, a B three, yeah, like cases of equipment. Oh, okay. That had come that had come from from Willie's place hmm. be, because of the IRS deal. Oh, and Because wow. of the sale of all that. Yeah, that's that, that's what I mean. We yeah we we used a B three that somebody bought at auction after the feds took it from Pernalis. Yeah, yeah. So that was. That was, you know, poignant to me, yeah. you know. It's like, holy smoke. Well, if I remember, 92 was the first year that Willie didn't put out an album since 1964. But then he hooks up with Don Was to make Across the Borderline. And Don brings you in. Well, Don, Don was nice enough to, to pitch a couple of my songs, If I Were the Man You Wanted, and Farther Down the Line, and... And Willie recorded them both on that record. And I was just so thrilled. Goodness gracious. I just never would have ever imagined Willie Nelson singing one of my songs. I was, I was, you know, just over the moon about it. Did he do them the way you do them? <laughs> well, Willie did them much better than the way I do them. <laughs> much, much better than the way I do them. One thing I particularly loved about his, his version of Farther Down the Line... Uh, which is kind of a, you know, rodeo metaphor. I was trying to make up a country dance sort of feeling song. The lyric is, uh, uh, hope we see him up in Fargo or somewhere farther down the line and, and uh, with the alliteration of farther and Fargo. And, and uh, Willie sang it and somewhere further down the line <laughs> instead of farther. And I thought, you know, that's better, actually. That's, that's better. <laughs> And wait, and then tell me, because then there was the deal, the 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 record release party, the record they release did a, show. They did, they did a showcase uh, that was live on Westwood One at the Roxy, you know, the famous rock club on Sunset Strip, uh, in in Los Angeles. And Don was invited me to come and sing, sing harmony on a couple of songs. And uh, I was up for the for the finale after the songs I sang on. And and uh, there was a video monitor that was flashing how much time was left in the radio show. And it was, they were flashing, you know, keep going. Willie was obviously on his last song. They were saying, you got to keep playing. And uh, I saw him look over at me and I just thought to myself, no way, no, no way. And he looked over at me again. And I thought, uh-uh, this is not going to happen. I'm, I'm imagining this is, like a, this is like a dream. This is not going to happen. And when the song ended... He walked over to me and he took Trigger off of his neck and placed it on mine. I felt like I was being knighted or something. It was like this, as he put that guitar strap over my head, that classical guitar strap, I just, I thought, oh my God, what now? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> the, the, my, my very first thought was, was, 
what do I know how to play without a capo? Because there was no, there was no capo. I had no picks, nothing. I just was, and and uh, so any, anyway, it was, I, it was. I couldn't believe I was standing there with trigger around my neck, and and he told me to play something, and I, I started playing my song, the church song, and and uh, uh, that the band, you know, sort of quickly jumped onto, and we just, I think I, we played. I think we played the the one chord all the way through, pretty much, with very very few chord changes. It was the most fun version of that song I've ever gotten to do. Hello, ceiling. Hello. Hello. I'm gonna stare at you a while. But then, just a couple of months after Borderline comes out, and you play that show at the Roxy, you were invited to do Willie's 60th birthday party, which was right. a big network TV special. Like who? All, everybody was there. Bob Dylan and. And who? <laughs> yeah, Bob Dylan and Paul Simon and Ray Charles and B.B. King and, oh gosh, you, you name it. Yeah, it was. Robert Duvall was there as, as a speaker. You know, at one point, everyone's on stage singing together. I mean, Emmy was on that. Uh, uh, it really was. That, was. that was 1993. I'll never forget it. And just to be... Just to be able to stand against the wall in Studio 6A is where they did it, you know, the old Austin City Limits studio. Right. And it was for CBS TV. And uh, gosh, Governor Richards was there and Bud Shrake was there. and uh, Well, everybody, everybody was there. It was about a three-day experience with rehearsals and, you know, ultimately uh, culminating in the, in the taping. But to be around those folks, you know, Bob Dylan walked over to me and stuck out his hand and introduced himself. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And how does Willie get along with those folks? You know, Willie Nelson is uh, the kind of human glue that can hold all kinds of different people together. You know, I, th- I think Willie Nelson's central theme is it's okay to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And Willie, Willie has always been perfectly himself. And the more himself he was allowed to be or given permission to be by the by the public the more his career thrived when he retired from the from the music business you know <laughs> retired in quotes in 1972 and moved to Austin if he had actually retired in 1972 his career could be looked back on as a very successful songwriter yeah uh, in in Nashville yeah but when he moved to Austin and started playing sitting in and playing at the Armadillo you know, he he turned into the Willie Nelson that we all know and love, and and the more he was embraced for being himself, the more he shone, the more people people loved him. He reinforces that because, you know, when when you're around him, he allows you to be yourself. Yeah. He wants you to be yourself. He right. accepts you just the way you are, no matter who you are, or how you are, or what you think, or what you do. You know, you are in the presence of everything's all right yeah. when you're with Willie. Yeah. That's real, and that's, that's life, and that's as good as life gets. And Willie reminds us of that. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, listening to Willie Nelson's like going to church. I mean, it's just, it's that, that, uh, that shared experience and something that makes that much emotional sense, you know, binds us all together. It yeah. makes us all stronger. Yeah. W- Willie does that. We gotta all stick together. 
or else I'll lose my mind. I got a feeling she'll be gone a long, long time. Okay, Willie fans, that was Lyle Lovett. A big thanks to him for coming on, and of course to you for listening in. If you dig the show, please subscribe or go to the show's page at Apple Podcast and give us a rating. And please tune in next week. We'll have Alejandro Escovedo on, and he's going to talk about another classic Willie cut, a song that he grew up listening to with his dad, Half a Man. One by Willie is a Texas Monthly production. The executive producer is Megan Kreit. The show is produced and engineered by Brian Standifer. And the graphic design is done by Emily Kimbrough and Victoria Milner. And I'm your writer and host, John Spong. See you guys next week.